Welcome to Solutions, where men come out of the shadows to testify, giving tips in manhood, honor the codes of integrity, and give out real solutions for soul survival. Today, we have on the show a man that helped me walk through my college years, a man from the same town I am from, from the BX, Soundview, Ghost Town, Stand Up. A man who is a leader amongst men and real respect and integrity, and he really takes care of his health, his health is wealth. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for D Sigma, D Money, <laughs> Devin Harrison, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. What's <laughs> Peace, beautiful people. What it do? What's good? What's good? Hey, man. What up, man? I'm chilling, man. Listen, I got this. I got you, man. I had I a you bunch. Do. I had a bunch of stuff I wanted to say. <laughs> hey, listen, man. I'm just honored to be a part of your platform, and just like you said, man coming from where we came from you know it's it's a beautiful thing for us to be able to, to talk about different things on a positive level because of what we've seen growing up so i'm just honored to be a part of this so thank you you know i got these questions i want to ask you we'll get to in a minute but i know this particular episode i'm going to veer off a little bit because i know you can relate to the things that we both seen growing up absolutely, absolutely. We, we have matriculated into different in a different diaspora and i want to talk about a moment that clarity i had just about a month ago but let's get okay. to this first question. Go ahead. What person did you meet or see that gave you the drive towards the man you are today? Who or what defined you? Mm, that's a, wow, that's a, that's a layered question. Um, because of how I grew up and because of where I'm from, um, I would say that the people who shaped me into the man I am today actually were, first and foremost, my brother, um, because he had to he had to literally raise me. Um, and just to give a little bit of background for those who are watching who don't know, um, I lost my mother when I was in the first grade. As a matter of fact, she died um, a day before my birthday, uh, which is June 16th. And um, she died from pneumonia, um, cocaine abuse, um, you know, just basically substance abuses were basically took her away from me early. Um, and from that point on, you know, I'm, that's when I moved to the sound section of the Bronx with my brother. And then in the eighth grade, I lost my dad. So, um, and he died from um, bronchial pneumonia due to AIDS. So, um, substance abuse and just that type of thing has been rampant in my family, uh, addiction. Um, so, growing up, I didn't really have a necessarily a father figure or a mother figure, you know, starting from first grade all the way up in the eighth grade and going into high school. And my brother did the best he could. But unfortunately, he wasn't really a brother to me. He was more of a parent. So we didn't really have that relationship. Um, but I knew that as that time in my life, I needed some nurturing. Um, so there was a, a few women um, that was in my life from some friends I grew up with. Um, and they were important in my life. Uh, Michelle Jordan, who passed away. Um, Delphine Julian, she passed away as well. But those two women in particular took me in like I was their, like I was their son. And um, they really just helped shape me and mold me and made me the person who I was today. Wow, wow. Can you talk to me yeah. about some of the gems they might have given you? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, so as far as with some of the gems I received, you know, just being somebody who's humble. Um, and, you know, it's interesting to say that because growing up again, when we grew up, you know, being humble may not be the most the, the first quality that, that people have you know it's more one of those things that um is kind of like flamboyant and boisterous and things like that but I, I am so far from that and, and and you are too even though you are a world-renowned hip-hop artist but anyway um <laughs> but yeah so you know just being humble um being respectful especially being respectful towards women um which was which is very important um and of course you know, being young, you know, you make these mistakes from time to time, but um, the foundation was there to know how a woman should be treated. Um, friendship, family, um, and, and being loyal to the people who are loyal to you. And even the other thing I would say that I learned was just being respectful of people. Um, and they may not necessarily be respectful back to you, but it's important that, you know, you give that energy that you want to be given back. And if they don't give that energy back to you, then 
you know, at least you can say, well, you know, I gave the right energy. You know, I can't speak for them, but I can speak for myself. And that's how I would, that's how I would put that. You know, what's so important about this show is that I built this whole show of the concept of respect. Respect mm-hmm. is super important to me. Like that is the main thing that I think our neighborhood taught us is to have respect yeah. for the characters and the people that they are. Because in my Absolutely. opinion, where we grew up at in the Bronx, mm-hmm. and it could be like this across the diaspora, we have every type of person you ever meet in your life and a representation you will grow up around. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, it teaches you how to deal with them in that small melting pot. So yeah, because it truly... Yeah. You know, yeah, you're right, because it truly was a melting pot. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, growing up in the Soundview section of the Bronx, you have, you know, predominantly black and Latino um, contingent, but that didn't stop, you know, white people from living there. You know, if there were white people who were living there, there was uh, Asian people who were living there. You know, you, you had the ability to be exposed to different cultures, um, which made you, you know, more rounded in terms of how to deal with people. Even even on a deeper level, I'm really talking characters, but I'm also talking about characters. I'm talking about crazy people. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. Witty people, so, loud people, yeah. like the, loud the, people. just the characteristics of violent people. Like the mm-hmm. most violent person you have met in your life could be your next door neighbor. And you have to get along with him in this building. Everybody has a little section to live at. Absolutely. And you really didn't have a choice. Or if you didn't get along with him. It was going to be a long day for either you or for them. So, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, it was, but you know, I, I think that even though people may have not necessarily saw eye to eye, the, the struggle was still the same, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody was living in the same hood yeah. and was going through the same struggles and, and, and some type of shape, form of capacity. That's why, you know, when I tell people my story, and, and tell them how I grew up and tell them what I lost so young. I they they look at me and they uh they look at me and they say, well, um, you know, wow, you, you know, you like shocked and astonished, and you'd be telling your story some more and things along those lines. And to me personally, it's just like I, I just was living in a place that everybody else was going through some, maybe the same thing or something different than I was, you know, my story wasn't so different than the next person, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't necessarily feel like I needed to broadcast that. I just was happy that I survived it. And I think from my perspective also, I didn't know what, that I was living the way we was living around those type of people. Right. This was normal for me. Right. This was, this was normal to know. I can't, I shouldn't walk down this street at a certain time if I'm not, with a certain type of people, if I, I need to right. make different pathways to the house sometime, that don't make you right. soft, that make you smart. Right, <laughs> right, 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 it make you street smart. It make you street yeah, smart. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, we... Um, no, I was gonna say, no, you're right. I, I think that, like you said, man, um, it, it, you basically just needed to have a certain resolve about yourself and just be wise. And you had to be wise early, right? You had to grow up a little, you had to grow up earlier than most, you know? And, um, you know, I think that was a benefit though, because, you know, it allowed us, it allowed us to be able to navigate and figure some things out maybe quicker than others. Talk to me about how important it is to leave where you're from and developing yourself. Ooh. Rebranding. Uh, huge. Um, you know, I go back to the hood from time to time and, and I see how the hood basically eats people alive. And when I say that, I don't say that in a disparaging way. I just say it from what I see, um, you know, down to health and um, certain type of hygiene and, you know, things like that. Because, you know, there's some common themes and common things going on in the hood that's in every hood of, of, in, in, in the world, I would believe, you know, you got areas that are considered probably food deserts. Um, so you got the Chinese store, you got the pizza shop, you got things like that. Nothing really healthy in the area as far as vegetables and fruits and things like that in the immediate area of the hood. Um, alcohol, you know what I'm saying? You got that there, and then you got, you know, the other drugs that may be being slung on the block. Um, 
reinventing yourself is important because you know it shows a sign of growth right um you know in order for you to achieve things that you ain't never achieved before you're gonna have to do things that you ain't never did before and in order for you to do that you're gonna have to really learn how to navigate through certain circles like if i'm sitting at a table trying to sign a contract for a multi-million dollar construction project I can't go in there talking about yo mo what's good like i'm back in Soundview. that's not that's not how that <laughs> that's not how that's going to work you know the person that's on the other end of the table was probably not going to look like me and if i come in there talking like if i was on the block you know that's not going to be able to make me effective it's not going to be able to make me achieve what i want to achieve and it's not going to make me be able to provide for my family so you know you got to be able to show an example to other people who are still in the hood. Like, yo, I was in the hood just like you was. And I was able to get out and grow into this person and rebrand myself. And here's how. So it's important for you to be able to change because, you know, one of the things that you have to do as a man is not only provide, but you need to be make sure that you leave a legacy for somebody else. Specifically, you know, it could be your children, but if you don't have children, you, know, you want to leave a legacy for somebody else to take and so they can take from that and then they can give it to somebody else and then they can pass it down and, and and that in my opinion shows a true definition of a man do you think right now from this conversation this this question came to my mind do you yeah. think time stops in the hood and what i mean by that is us growing up there were people older than me who after i started to mature and grow they stayed yeah. the same and after yeah. i left and came back they were still the same in some sense, do you think time just stops in the hood? Because I think that, yeah, I, th I think that's a good question, Shim. I think that, um, I, I think it does, but I, I, I think it's also a matter of people getting comfortable in what they know, right? So, you know, as you know, changing, you know, it's hard, you know, and, you know, even when you want to try to grow, you know, it's, it's really not that easy to do. And if you are accustomed to something for so long, um, you know, you just you get used to it. And this is just basically who you are. That's just it. Um, it's kind of a sense of institutionalization, unfortunately, in my opinion. And um, so to answer you, so to answer your question, yeah, I think so. And I, and I think a part of that has to do with, with comfort and um, maybe somebody not necessarily having the fortitude to really just push through when it really gets heavy because they're just accustomed to what they already may be used to. Well, we talk about leaving a legacy, but we mostly ignore major steps. Do you have a will? I do have a will. Um, that's one of the things that uh, <laughs> I didn't have it for a long time, though. So that is one of the major things that, especially in the Black community, we, we, we don't have or talk about. You know, having, what do you, having something. What, what do you think? Why we don't talk about it? You think it's because we're afraid of the conversation of death or many of us feel we just have nothing to leave behind? I think it may be a little bit of both. Um, I know that, you know, talking about death can really, death is scary. So talking about it in a will makes it reality. Like, you know, we're not going to be living forever. Um, so that plays a part. I think the fact of, yeah, I don't have anything to give somebody else. So what would I do a will for? But I think in that particular sense, people get caught up on the fact that, you know, you necessarily always have to be money that you leave behind, which is not the case. You know, there may be other things that you may have, heirlooms, you know, things like that, that you may want to put into that will that, you know, you just are not educated on. And I think another reason why is because we don't have those type of conversations um in the hood like that you know when it comes to you know having a will and opening bank accounts and having businesses and leaving things down to your children i mean that's not really the normal conversation that's happening in the hood so you think, do you think we spend so much time trying to avoid death we don't even want to talk about it because some of for some of us it was life and death every time we went outside every day sometime it was a gamble just to go outside in the areas that we grew up in. Not that you were afraid, it was just, it was just like that. Yeah, yeah, I do. 
Um, I think that, you know, the cards are stacked against all of us living in the hood. <clears throat> and I just think the resources and availability wasn't there. For example, right, I just did an interview with, um, I just did an interview with a chiropractor, black woman chiropractor, right? And, you know, I did some research before I did the interview and I found out that 92% of chiropractors are white, while only 8% of chiropractors are black, um, which is crazy because it's like, why aren't there more black chiropractors, you know, in the, in the nation? Um, so for one, you got a problem there because, you know, you got to bring awareness to it. But also another part of it is who's, who's really getting a chiropractic medicine in the hood nobody like i've never seen a chiropractic clinic in the hood but what you do see is methadone clinics right so it's one of those things where because of how the hood is set up you don't really have those opportunity and those resources to branch out and see there are different things that black people and spanish people can have as well that that white people have been growing up and getting accustomed to. Do you think it gets really deeper than that? They think you may not see it because insurances at the end of the day won't cover it for those type of communities? Well, yeah, well, I don't well, I don't know if it's necessarily the communities because you know it's one of those things where you have you do have some insurances that does cover those type of services. Yeah. But if you don't know, you don't know, right? Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's the information needs to be disseminated to those people to be like, yo, you can have this too based on X, Y, and Z. So if you're able to get that education, then at that point, you know, you make a decision on what you want to do. But at least the education was given to you. And that that's the point of this show, to drop gems in education. For me interviewing mm -hmm. other gentlemen, I, I interviewed Devon Stanfield, and he told me mm -hmm. that for 30 or $40, you can get a will done through a company, right? I, I forget the name of the company right now, but I have it written down. And for those who are watching the show, we'll have some information for it in the description. But also inter interviewing a man named Cameron Wesley, he also told me that other cultures take out insurance policies on their parents. So when they pass, they leave them money to continue their lives. And a lot of people don't wanna have the conversations about wills having insurance money put on them because they find it offensive or talking about death. And we as a people have to get past that. Death is not scary, it's certain. Right. And we have to really get there and really accept the fact that there's a game being played and we don't know all the rules. Right. But that's our choice at this point. Yeah, and that's the problem. Like I said, man, it's, you don't know the rules. So you don't know, you don't really feel, you can't feel that power or you can't feel that sense of entitlement. Um, and I don't want to say entitlement like in a, in a bad sense. I'm saying when you know the information and you know what you're supposed to have, then that's when you can be empowered to be like, yo, nah, this is not right because I know that I'm supposed to have this. I'm expected to do these things. But when that's you like don't the have that education. Yeah, that's the, that's the definition of faith and hope. Like, you know. Right. You know. Right. So when you don't have that education and you're not, you don't have those tools, like you said, you're playing at a disadvantage. So, you know, that's what, that's what it is. Well, hopefully the gems we just dropped, somebody goes and does their research and we continue to build. But I got a question dope, dope. for you. Mm -hmm. Do you have a vision board? I don't have a vision board, but I have a journal. So, um, well, okay. Please elaborate. <laughs> well, no, I, I, you know, well, I, I go to therapy, right? So, um, you know, it's one of those things where I journal um, about what I want to accomplish or how I may be feeling. Um, a lot of the thoughts that I have and, and things I may be going through, I just go ahead and just write it down. And then when I go to therapy, you know, I kind of talk about them. And, you know, I have different tools and different um, exercises that I do in order for me to be able to get past some of the things that I may have um, experienced in my day-to-day -day life or something that I may have seen that may trigger something from my past that makes me feel some type of way. So 
when it comes to visions and it comes to stuff like that, yeah, I write them down in my journal, but I don't have a vision board. Okay, you're crossing there. over like two or three of my questions I have for you. So, we oh, go, I'm sorry. All right. No, 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 no. This, <laughs> this is good. So, we're going to package, I'm going to package this all in. We're going to package okay. it right now. Let's say with the journal real quick. Let yeah. me know something, an apex that you have in your journal that you achieve and an apex in your journal that you're trying to get to in terms of goals. All right, so. Cool. Let me do the one. Let me let me do the latter one first. So what I am trying to do is um, be more vocal in terms of my feelings, specifically when it comes to my relationships, whether it be marriage or um, otherwise. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, there are times when I hold things in and I kind of internalize them. And the problem with internalizing is just like garbage. It keeps building up, overflowing, overflowing. And if you don't take it out, eventually it's going to be all over the place. It stinks bad right so um something may happen that i may see as not necessarily a slight but may seem off or may see something i don't agree with but instead of me kind of talking about it i just keep it in so um you know it's an ongoing thing that i'm working on to be like okay when i feel that how am i going to respond you know how am i going to react you know, and what's the worst thing that could happen if I go ahead and just communicate it in a way that somebody can understand, right? So it's all about being more vocal in terms of communicating our feelings on things that I may often internalize. Um, when it comes to something I achieved already, you know, one of the things I wanted to do was be able to provide um, an outlet economically that I can pass down to my kids. And um, that happened with me being able to start my investment company as far as for my um, properties that I have and the fix and flips that I do and the fix and holds and things like that. So it's something I, I've been wanting to do for a long time, but I always had a reason or talk myself out of not stepping in or going, just taking the risk. Um, but what 2020 has uh, taught me is that <laughs> Now more than ever, you know, we need to be in a, in a place where we can have some economic freedom and also you can generate some money to build your own platform to present a message that you may see as contrary going on right now. So, you know, that gives me the opportunity to have outlets and kind of like what you're doing and just be positive and um, be able to spread that to a lot of people. I have so many other questions. I, I want to say, <laughs> no, it's because look, I, I usually say within my realm of thinking, my questions, but we have so yeah. many similarities of, of where we can where we came from. I want yeah. the question of when you see someone act rowdy and act all mm -hmm. tough, right? Mm -hmm. I know. <laughs> I know where I come from, tough guys don't act like that. Like the tough right. guys are not as loud and audacious so when i see some, right. how how do you how does that make you feel that you sit back and you say you know <laughs> that's not the makeup of the guy that is absolutely the most violent person in the room i i i don't believe them <laughs> that's pretty much <laughs> i don't believe them and i you know it's funny i tell my son all the time when you know because he'll be like yeah this rapper and this rapper or whatever and i'm like I don't believe him. You know, it's just one of those things where, first of all, if you really, what, what, if if you really are G like that, right? What real G really wants to bring attention to themselves, right? Because if you really are doing what it is that you what it is that you portray you're doing, you want to be as low as possible but, but see see you know what i'm saying like i don't generation you're not talking about <laughs> like, this generation. but this, this is what you know you're right you're right you're this right. generation is out here you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> out here doing it out yeah here. all right so let me ask you a question uh-huh for your particular role to success and things you're trying to do in terms of communicating in terms of journaling and just in terms of overall greatness what did you sacrifice to start that road or what are you sacrificing right now? Hmm. Um, 
Um, I think that a couple of things. One thing that I'm sacrificing, and it really is probably good that I am, is keeping my circle really smaller than what it is. Um, and the reason why I say that is because um, just behind the veil of being transparent, you know, I often had at times would struggle with association, right? Like, you know, if I'm rolling with this cat or if I'm in this group, right? Okay. Um, then I am going to be somebody. Or, you know, if I'm, if I'm affiliated with this camp, then that makes me uh, something other than who I really am. And, you know, at, and, a, and a lot of times I didn't even realize that, you know, I was already dope. I didn't need to be, you know, associating myself with other people and trying to get the approval of other people to even do that. Um, and other people may have saw that I was dope already, but I just didn't. I didn't realize that I had this false perception of who I needed to be. So um, I don't really chill out or talk as much um, or, you know, really try to really go all the way out of the way to try to hang out or just, well, especially with COVID, but just keeping my circle and my thoughts and things kind of to myself because, you know, everybody doesn't need to know them anyway. So I'll say that. I know whenever I seen you out, whenever we see each other, it's always a hug because it's special because we rarely get to see each other and talk to each other. But it's, right. and, and I agree with you saying about being a person of who, where you where, look like where you came from, but that's not who you yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I deal with that. I, I deal with that on a regular basis. My look, my eyes, my the way I, way they think I feel, is not mm -hmm. what I am on the inside. I've, upgra I've upgraded myself, but the problem is when you upgrade, you upgrade the stuff on the inside. They can't see what you, you can't see it on the outside. Yeah, it's funny you said that because there's a lot of times, Sheen, when um, I want to bring, and this is another sacrifice too. You know, if I'm if I'm having this success, um, I want to be able to share that with people that you know I knew from back, right? Because you know you, you always you, you never want to be the only one just buying drinks at the bar, right? Everybody needs to just it's always fun and better when everybody's buying something. Um, so you know, if I was to have a success, you know. I want to try to bring people on and be like, yo, we need to be doing this together. But the problem with that is, is your vision and your mindset and your drive may not actually be theirs at that time. And instead of you trying to wait on them doing or try to, instead of you trying to wait for them to get with you, you may just have to leave them and do your own thing. And that's a hard pill to swallow because you may not want to, but it's a reality because everybody may not be on the same space at the same speed that you are. This is the one, the beginning of the show. I told you, I wanted to talk to you about something that a revelation that I had. Yeah. Let me yeah, paint yeah. this picture. I am, I am in Abu Dhabi, United A Emirates at a, at the yes. hotel where they filmed fast and the furious where the car went through the, the buildings. I'm at the beach part of that downstairs. Big deal. It's mm -hmm. a big deal, right? But it's not really a big deal to me yet. And not, not at this moment. I go in the ocean and I swim out to a barge and the sun is going down. I go sit on the barge and I look at the big palace, the emirate where the sheik stays and the sun is going down over the sheik. And you know what hit me? Why me? What's up? Why me? Why? But why, but why, but why not you? No, no, no. But why did he choose me out of all the stuff we've been through. I, have you ever had that moment where you sat back and said, out of everybody you knew from the hood, now yeah. not saying everybody's lives is, my life is better or anything like that, but this particular moment to be in the ocean, to watch the sun go down, for me, was there a moment for you where you sat back and said, I wish the guys I grew up with could be here right now, but we know, I know at that moment they couldn't be here right now. They're, they're not, there's nothing that put them here right now. So that moment is gonna go and pass. But you ever had that moment when you said, what? Yeah, all the time. I do. And and then the 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 quick response is, why not me? You know what <laughs> I'm saying? It's like it's it's like, um, look, you know, um, 
you was built specifically for a task and a job that you are supposed to do. It don't got nothing to do with anybody else. It's yours, right? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to that, that's what I that's what I stick that's what I stay on, man. Because you know, it's one of those things, shame where if you continue to harp on the fact of why me, you mess around and don't even be able to smell your own flowers because you're not enjoying the fact that it is you. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I have those thoughts. Um, younger, I had them more. Now, though, um, it's just one of those things where I'm just grateful that it is me because I have kids now. And they live a whole lot, a whole better life than what I did growing up. And when I look at that, it's like, you know, I, I can't do nothing but grateful for that. So thank you that it was me. Right. <laughs> thank you that I'm in a position to be able uh, to. Uh, uh, listen, listen. Yeah. I'm, I'm thankful. You said you want to reach back and tell tell people yeah. to pull up. I'm telling, trying to tell people to pull up every week. Come pull up on me, but you know circumstances around the world. But I get yeah. it. So well, but, well, in your, in your case, in, in your case, absolutely. Shoot, I live in Atlanta. I've been trying to get the homies from the hood to come through forever, and they still <laughs> haven't. So it's like, what you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's so crazy because they have Bronx Day in Atlanta, and it's like. <laughs> that's a lot right. that's a lot to digest right. for me you know people right. i grew up with are in the bronx and in atlanta and doing the bronx day is it's but that it's, it's great. that's the thing though shane that's 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 the thing that that's what i'm talking about man sometimes you just gotta be like you know what i'm out i, I love y'all but i'm out mm-hmm. let's dive let's dive a little deep here let's go real deep you spoke okay. about losing your parents and, and yeah. your birthday, and you spoke about losing your dad in your eighth grade year. And yeah. I know being young, there's a lot of emotions that you weren't able to address. But yeah. outside of that particular loss, what was your lowest moment? But not just talking about the moment. When you was feeling like you didn't know yourself, but how did you get back up? This is for the people that need to know how to get back up. Not just about your story, not just about being in your business. This is more about the tools you use or using to get up. Well, for me, it's, um, it's it, it, it truly is prayer, right? Um, you know, I don't pray as much as I, as I should, but um, I do have my moments when I know, I know who I am and I, and I know, you know, that I'm a child of God. And I know at the end of the day that I can sit back and rest on the fact that no matter what, he's going to get me through it. And the reason why I feel that way is because of what I've been through um, this young. Because, you know, at the end of the day, if you, I feel like if you put those scenarios and situations in front of, you know, eight or nine other people, it may not have been the way that it was for me. So I recognized early that um, there was a plan and purpose me so so when i get to the lowest points um of course you know i write some things down you know um i have a little conversation with the lord but i think the biggest thing is um you know i kind of cleave to my wife and you know uh you know just kind of open up and and be vulnerable and just and just talk about what, what i may be feeling and um you know kind of work on it through there and, and, and before that, before I was married, you know, it was just kind of prayer and meditation and just trying to get through the day. Man, we appreciate you saying those gems. So those who need to meditate and pray, go ahead and do that. Because sometimes we forget that prayer is an option. We try, yeah. to, we try to fix the problem and we try to do all these things that are tangible within the realm of this energy. But there's another level that you can go. And, and on top of that, you know, for those who are watching, you know, prayer doesn't have to be this long, elaborate um, thesis or scribe. It could be, yo, listen, Lord, I'm, I'm just not feeling it. You know, this is why I need help. And how you should solidify that is you should be saying, thank you for helping me get through the process that I'm getting, do whatever I need to get through. You know, always give thanks and be grateful and speak it into existence and continue to speak it. Um, and that's that's how you build your foundation as far as prayer and meditation and just being grounded and in, in, in spiritual. Absolutely. Let, let's take it. Let's stay right there in that platform. I'm going to 
took a right turn, but stay with that same mindset for me. All right, I believe words can be spells that you cast on yourself and others. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is when it comes from a place where you're not being genuine, you can cast a spell on yourself. And when I liken that to music, to hip hop music right now, I believe most of these artists that say the things that they're doing, they're not doing, but they're casting right. spells over their lives. And that's why I think we're seeing a lot of people come up dead. A lot of people come up hurt because I think they don't understand the power of magic and, and, and the power of prayer, magic, uh, just voodoo. All of that is like somehow tied together, in my opinion. What do you think? Right. Well, I can't speak on the magic part because I don't know about that. But what I can say is that, you know, there, there is a, there is principles and laws in place, you know, for speaking things into existence. If, and if you're going to speak in a way um, that is negative, you know, it's like, yo, why continue? You're speaking death, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, you talking about how you bust your guns and all of this, or you saying, you know, um, you know, a rapper may be like, you know, I'm gonna be dead in about 10 hours, or, you know, you speak you speak those negative things and, you know, can't be surprised what happened to you because you're speaking death into your, into your life. Um, but conversely, you could also be speaking life and positive things into your life. Like, you know, you, Sheen, are king. You know what I'm saying? You have a family that you're providing over. And, you know, thank God that you're able to have this platform to do what it is that you do so that you can be able to reach other people and those people can reach other people and everybody just be blessed. You know, when you speak like that, you know, that can't do nothing but uplift people. And um, in, in, in the hip hop world, man, it's, you're right, man. That that is just soul destroying. And the things that are being talked about now is terrible. I don't even know who out there right now is that's popping is really talking about well things that I, are positive I mean, like that. What I, what I'm a, what I what I understand is that it's the topics are not different from what yeah. the music was when we were coming out. But I think the yeah. lifestyle was is different. I think the things that we talked about on music, we were really doing. Like people were really doing some of this stuff. And some of the yeah. stuff now it's become a character of itself. And but they're still they think it sells because gossip and all that stuff sells, but it's really causing a lot of pain to the spirit. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. energy, energy is not destroyed, it's transferred to the next. But we we are transferring bad energy right now. Like you said, it could be yeah. it could be good energy. Because it's not going anywhere. We just got to change it from negative to positive. Right. Right. That's true. True. You know, words are powerful. Words can kill. So, um, you know, <laughs> you know, the old saying, sticks and stones and breaking bones are words that never hurt. But that's not true. <laughs> words. No, it's not. It's not. It's not true. Words can, words can devastate people. Words can start riots. I mean, yeah. you've seen it the other I, day. I'm on I'm on record so. saying that words can't hurt you if you don't allow it. I am on record in believing that. But that's yeah. that's when when you know yourself enough to love yourself to not let the words right. someone else affect you. But your words yeah. can affect you for yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me about fatherhood. And I don't want to talk about fatherhood when it's cute and cuddly. Oh, those are my kids, they're beautiful. I want to know about the moment when you love your kids but you really don't like them right now. Tell me uh, about the, patience. <laughs> the patience you got to have as a father. And especially coming from you, you know, you lost your father at a young age. So you want, I'm pretty sure yeah. that the pressure was on you from yourself to be the best father you can be. But talk to me about when your patience is like, oh man, I really don't like you right now. Oh man, it's, uh, it, it's definitely there. It definitely is a thing. Um, it's different for because i have a son and a daughter so my patience and things for my daughter may be different for my son so first and foremost yes i didn't have a father growing up the closest thing to a father uh was my brother and um, he's 10 years older than me and um you know shout out to him shout out to his name is dennis you know shout out to him for raising me um but yeah she it's it's rough um for my daughter, it's like one of those things where you got to see, because she's 19 now. So, you know, you have to see her go through different growing pains. And it's frustrating because you can't do anything about them. And 
what makes it even more frustrating is when you kind of tell her what it is. And, you know, you kind of tell her, you know, the whole scenario, specifically dealing with men. And, you know, like, this is what this is. This is what that is. This is how, you know, you may be approached and talked to. And this is why it is, you know, because men out here are slime buckets. Trust me, I've been one. Um, you know, so when you say things like that, and, you know, you know, you get the, the acknowledgement, but then they go ahead and just do the same mistakes that you tried to have them not do. So in those particular instances, it's like, I feel like really just feel like bust you upside the head because I told you don't do what it is that you was able, that you did. But, you know, they got to go through their own, you know, she has to go through her own growing pains and find her own way. So it's frustrating to watch when you see them going through the struggle like that. For my son is different because, um, my son is an interesting case because He's like me in a lot of instances where, you know, he's independent. He was a go, he's a go-getter. You know, he wants to do things his own way on his own and don't necessarily want to wait. Um, and I remember that when he was younger, how our relationship was not really the best. And I think it was because of um, the way I would respond to certain things. Um, you know, it was kind of like fire and brimstone. You know, it was, you know, it was one of those things where <clears throat> instead of me kind of listening and having and talking to him about different things, he may have done something wrong and I'm just going off the deep end and not really explaining why it's wrong. And when I continue to do that pattern, um, he was shut down and, you know, he wouldn't talk to me. And that's, that's brutal because, you know, you want to have a relationship with your son. Um, so that he can grow into the man that you envision him to be. So I realized that and I needed to adjust and pivot my way of thinking and, and, my, and my way of disciplining him and just talking to him. And that wasn't easy, but um, I would explain things more. I would take a step back if he got into trouble or if he did something that wasn't right. And I would talk to him about it and then I'll also be mindful of how I was at his age and, you know, kind of relate and kind of relate. And when I would speak to him, I would speak to him in a way like, yo, I've been there. I can relate, you know, this is how I was, or this is what I did. And these are like different solutions that I was able to do based off of things that I've experienced. So when I was able to open up and be more transparent to him, he was able to open up and be more transparent to me. Um, and that was, uh, the beginning of us building our relationship better than what it was, but he still does hard headed stuff from time to time. And I still have to find myself really, um, talking to him like, yo, that wasn't the way you should have gone about it. And this is why. So, you know, it's, that's interesting because <laughs> on the flip side, on the good side, he's growing you towards your right. goals. He's making you communicate. Yeah. Yes. So, so that's probably where the attention was because you don't like to communicate. As you said, you, you, you're growing towards that. So now you have yeah. to grow together and the kids are yeah. a reflection of us. So you're actually saving his life by talking to him now. So he won't have to deal with this particular issue when he's older because he did it with you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things that would happen to me when I was younger, when I would get in trouble, you know, there was no explanations. You know, it's one thing, you know, of course you're not supposed to, you know, we grew up, you know, you don't talk back, right? <laughs> but, you know, you know, but there wasn't no, when I was growing up, it felt like I didn't have a voice, so to speak. Um, so even if something may have been a mistake, I didn't feel like I had a voice to explain, like, yo, you're tripping, this is what it was. And I think a lot of that contributed just, just because of how hard-headed I was, because I was hard-headed. But um, I found myself doing the same thing with him. And I realized like, yo, I'm gonna lose him early if I don't change that. So yeah, that that's, that's what I had to do. Because I don't want him growing up feeling like he doesn't have a voice or he's afraid of conflict. So 
Right. Right, right, right. Should there be a basic training program amongst men, a level of education, skills taught and attributes taught and character traits taught? And what I mean by that is if you take when we were growing up, we kind of moved around learning by trial and error. There are really no basics. And for us to get to the resources like the library, the Boys and Girls Club, some of those places were hard to get to because of the types of people you had to go through just to get an entry of those places, right? So I I came up with something where, why isn't there a basic training program? Like we all know how to change a tire. We all know how to start financial, financial uh, literacy. We all know how to communicate. We all know how to talk out our problems with people we have problems with. Should there be a, a program like implemented in our communities, not by the school system, not by the government. I'm talking about by the people. Yeah, I think so. And 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 I think that those type of things were were um, happening in some hoods. I don't think that that's something that's a that's necessarily new. I just think that the support wasn't there you know, for whatever reason. You know, it can be because of drugs. It can be because just people got tired of it because they didn't see the results. It, it, whatever reason, you know, but. You know, that's what the community was supposed to be for. And, you know, and, and like, you know, in a lot of hoods, they used to have those community centers where, you know, you would, in theory, supposed to learn about different things like that. Not necessarily financial literacy, but, you know, plus, it, it, and also financial literacy and maybe the changing of attire because you don't necessarily need a car <laughs> uh, in the hood per se, but, um, you know, yeah, those, those type of things should have happened in the hood and maybe in some areas they were, but they're not like that anymore. Do you think, do you think it's because the, it's a financial burden to make people rise up for the people that make money off the tyranny? Do you think they, they work harder to keep a certain level, an average level to make money off what the hood puts out. And what I mean by that is you spoke earlier about alcohol, alcoholism, the bad food, the desert areas. If we started to put, if we started to, if we started in Soundview and between the projects, we had a big patch of grass field. If we turned yeah. that into a place where we grew vegetables and food. It'd be phenomenal. It would be phenomenal. But the powers that be wouldn't allow it because it would put those businesses on the corner out of business it will take away people's money and for, for our free for our freedoms to be healthy do you think there's a an opposing factor that stops all those good things from happening always yeah uh there's always going to be a opposing factor that doesn't want the the one that's being oppressed to elevate yes it's always there um but i think you said it best it also boils down to economics time to time you know um something like that like if like in that big patch of field especially in some of your projects you know that big field that's right by the horseshoe mm -hmm. you know shoot had that been a like a section of just a piece of it not the whole thing even a piece garden, yeah. just to just just to grow fresh vegetables and fruit man that would that would change lives I and, think and then, I, and, I think it would up the character of people because they were like, yeah. oh, yeah, like we gotta protect this. You have a better sense of community at that point, you know. Um, Maybe one day we'll yeah. do it. I don't know what the city laws are. I, but... Listen, listen, I'm, the wheels are spinning right now, man. I'm like, yo, I need. <laughs> we may need to call some people up because yeah, that's because it's interesting you said. I, I did a um, assessment on a property here in Atlanta, and um, they was doing a renovation to the entire apartment complex. And one of the things that they actually were doing was putting in gardens. And they were having uh, community like programs for people that live there to learn how to grow their own food, fruits and vegetables. Um, we, we continue to need, we, we always need stuff like that uh, to be self-sustainable. Um, and it's they just that, important. They do that in Charlotte already. A friend of mm. mine, who actually came on the show, Mr. J. Scott. I visit his home in a complex before, mm -hmm. and he took me to his part where he was designated his own piece of garden where he grew tomatoes, green peppers, 
but the whole complex had their own section where they can plant their own seeds and allowed to have a garden within the complex. Yeah, it's dope, man. Wasn't 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 you growing something at your crib when I was up? Uh... Yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I was growing eggplant, watermelon, kale. Yeah, yeah. I, I had yeah. it booming. <laughs> yeah, I had it booming. I had it blooming. Rosemary, I had it booming, and I didn't realize how much I would love it. I mean, I mm. loved it. Like it was just, mm -hmm. it was great. I had salad, basil, and I, and I didn't have a big backyard. I just committed to it, and it mm. didn't take much. Yeah. Yeah. Much. I think, I think, um, and, you know, I'm so far removed from living in Southie, man. You know, I, I kind of feel like kind of, I kind of feel like I'm not really the right one to speak on it, but you know, somebody really got to have the fortitude to really galvanize people to, to do it. And it may be somebody who's doing it already. I, I, I don't know, but you know, that, that's what you would need. You would have, you would need to have somebody who understands, who's probably from there, understands it and really are, uh, have a gift to bring people together and move in a different direction. Even even away from Soundview and Ghost Town and Theria, where I grew up at, we had yeah. this big patch of grass that we played football on and it's yeah. just sitting there. And now they don't it's even allow kids to play there anymore, but it could be growing produce. Mm -hmm. Yes, it can be. Let's get it together, BX. Let's get it together. I, I, I think, uh, I, I think, I would like to do that. <laughs> that sounds hey, like a good idea. <laughs> I'm serious, man. Let's make some calls. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm with it. How do I approach a man I have problems with? Establishing the value. Hmm. I don't know. It depends on the type of problems you got with him. <laughs> I know it depends, but can you get like a general perspective on how would you handle it? Um... Well, you know, I mean, you, you approach somebody and, you know, kind of be like, yo, what's the issue? You know, you kind of talk about and address exactly what it is that is the problem. Because, you know, at this point, look, man, niggas is 40 and up. You know, ain't nobody trying to, <laughs> ain't nobody got time to be be fighting. You know, you know what I mean? Like, sure, we got to talk that out. I just heard, it's funny, I just heard Nori say that about, um, Eminem and, and Snoop on Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. He was saying the same thing. He was like, yo, man, like a versus battle or a rap battle, right? Ain't nobody trying to hear that. Like we grown men, let's talk about it. Get in a room. If you drink, like, yo, let's just go get, grab a drink and, and, and really just work this thing out. And if we can't agree, then that's fine too. But at least we leave it respectfully. People are too old these days to be trying to get at each other's heads, unless there's a certain circumstance or situation where you're just not on code and you're just blatantly disrespectful and it may be threatening your livelihood or your family, then that's a different conversation. But if it's one of those things where it's like, yo, I didn't agree with how you handled this situation, it's like, well, all right, well, why didn't you agree with it? And then you hear that perspective, they hear your perspective and either you gonna agree or you not. You keep it moving. Keep it moving. So That's talk, my what take about, on what it. about a young man? What about a young man? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know, the young bulls are a little different, right? Um, I would say the same thing, man. I would, you know, I would approach it from a sense of like, look, come on, young soldier. Like you don't need to, like nobody needs to lose their lives today. You know, like, it's bad enough, man. You're looking on TV, and, and and the young and the young, the young homies is already getting taken out by law enforcement and things that you see on TV. Like, we don't need a reason for people um, that don't believe with us anyway and think we're less than. To um, we don't need another reason for them to be like, see, I, I was right. I proved you right. So I think you know, I would go ahead. Let me cut you off. Go ahead. No, good. No, I was just gonna. I was gonna end it by saying, you know, I think that if there's a way to talk it out without having to go to blows, let's try to seek that resolution before we even talk about guns and violence and things like that. I think. I think a lot of things that kept me away from the prison and and out of really bad situations that I thought of the end game of everything every time. Even if, even when you're the shooter, you still have a chance of losing your life to the system. And yeah. And, 
And then when you're on the other side of the gun, you can lose your life from the gun and the bullet. I mean, but both of you, both of you lose. It's just one person may be freer longer than the other person, if that makes sense. But you know, it's one of those. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's one of those things. I get get what you're saying. Yeah, because it's one of those things. It's it's one of those things, Sheens. Where you know, it's it's like three seconds can change your life forever. You know, these to thirty years. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, what do you have to show for yourself? You know, it's one of those things. Like before, you, it's one of those things. Like before you know it, you know, you felt some type of way and you was pissed off for whatever reason, and you took somebody's life in like three seconds, and now you thirty to life. Three seconds. Don't be a three, three second seconds. cat. Yep. Don't be a three. Second, <laughs> don't be a three second cat. <laughs> But you know, as a husband, people out here all the time. Yep. Let's talk. Let's talk husband talk. As a husband, okay. would you rather have a great woman or a great wife? Mm. A great woman or a great wife? I mean, I can't have both. I have to choose one. Yeah, in this in this question, yes, but there's no wrong answer. But please explain which one you choose. Well, I mean, you know, I guess a great woman doesn't necessarily have to be my wife. Like, <laughs> when a great wife, that means that um, my definition of being a great wife is of obviously being a friend, obviously being somebody who's always going to challenge you to be better, um, somebody who's always who's going to be there to um, nurture you emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, um, you know. The definition in term wife, man, when you're my wife, you know, it's like, first of all, that right there is for life, in my opinion. And, you know, if I'm calling you, if you, if you are my wife, that means that's because I am either, I'm willing to die for you and um, I am willing to grow old and fat and gray and all of that with you. So I don't take it lightly. Um, so I guess in that sense, yes, I would rather have a great wife and a great woman because of that. Oh, you went out. I can't hear you. you oh, went out. wait. <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. You'd rather have a great wife. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on. I can hear you. I can hear you now. You said great wife because what? Yeah, I was saying that. I was saying that, you know, you know, if, if I have a great wife, then... I'm gonna have a great woman, so that's my take on that. Hey, there's no. Hey, there's no <laughs> how many people just hey answer? How you gonna answer? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's 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 my choice. Validation from your partner. It's like you win a championship when you get the right woman, but Mr. Harrison, do you defend the title? And what I mean by that is. Are you still looking good? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you bringing flowers if she likes flowers? Are you doing the little things like walking up behind her and giving her a kiss for no reason? Are you yeah. defending the title? Um, yeah, I, I, I think I am. Um, first of all, you know, you want to continue to look presentable. You know, not only <laughs> you want to you want to be healthy for yourself first, right? But you know, because when you look good and feel good, you know, you can go about your, your day with confidence. But when you're out in them streets, you representing, you know, your spouse. So you can't be, you can't be out here looking crazy because the, the next person gonna be looking at you like, yo, like what's going on at home? Or like, if he's looking like that, what's the wife looking like, you know, or vice versa. So, you know, you want to be able to represent your, um, your significant other accordingly. So, um, in terms of the, the, the touching things, like my love language, you know, based on the five love languages. Hey, talk uh, about it. You know, my, my love language is, you know, it's physical touch, right? So, um, but my wife's is quality time, right? Quality time is first, gift given, uh, second. But quality time is not just, you know, we both on the couch 
and um, we on our phones. You know, if it's quality times, like phones is down. Like I, like I, you have my, I have your undivided attention. You have my undivided attention. You know, and we have a conversation, or we just watching TV together. You know, so those are the things that I need to continually do in order for my household to be happy. So to answer your question, yes, because I understand what needs to be done to do but, it. But for those who don't know who the, what the five <laughs> love languages are, can you run those <laughs> off. Run those off because I know touch is the number one thing for men. Of course. Well, well, it's um, it's it's it's. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's physical touch. Um, usually that's for every man, right? So for most men anyway. Physical touch, quality time, um, gift giving, um, words of affirmation, I believe. And the fifth one escapes me. I may have, I can't remember it right now. Do you remember it? Uh, I had to ask you. I forgot. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, the reason, the reason I, just, I, I, I know them because... I like the touch one. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Well, that's I know mine. Like you know yours, and that's it. When you know yours, you're comfortable with it. Right, and that's the thing, right? She like everybody knows. I think, I think okay. I think it's words of affirmation, acts of right. service, receiving quality right. time, and physical touch. And and physical, physical touch. There you go. There you go. Definitely. There you go. Oh, um, yeah. Acts of service was the one that I was um, was the one I was missing. But yeah. So, but yeah. But that's the thing. I I, I remember mine, and I know hers. Um, but you, and you know what's so funny important. about that? Men have one out of those five most likely, and the other four are probably created by women. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you said that I did. I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Right, right. <laughs> okay, I came up with this thing called operating at 100%. Now I'm going right. to love talking about this question with you because I see you working out all the time, doing them workout videos, doing all types of broke down, biggie video, jail <laughs> pull ups. And I love it because it inspires me, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> operating at 100% is are you operating your purpose? health, confidence, money, and knowledge. Five things I break down to 20% each. And what I do with that is I take the, my average for six days and give myself an overall score. So every day I start out with a hundred, I start out with a hundred percent and I go 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. Purpose, meaning you live in your purpose, health meaning you're eating right, working out, exercising, meditating, getting your mind together. Confidence, you're doing it with intent. Com and you're doing it with uh, without any uh, insecurities. Money, you made a little money today, or you spent some money, or you did a good, good investment today, or knowledge, you took in some knowledge. Now, within the last 24 okay. hours, can you say you've been operating? What percentage have you been operating at? Um, so do I break down each one individually, or do I just get one like a, a total overall? 20% each. So purpose will have 20, health will have 20, confidence 20, money 20, knowledge 20, and they add up to 100%. But if they're not 20 out of 20, if you're getting 13% from this one, 12% from this one, tell me your overall average for the last 24 hours. All right, so overall average for the last 24 hours, it's not 100. Um, we do got spiritual in there, right? Spiritual is, 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 or is it like meditation or like yeah, give, meditation, give health. purpose? I, I put it on the health. All right. I put spirit, but you can add or take out right. anything you want. So I would say health because a part of your health is meditation, prayer, eating right, mm -hmm. exercise. So I would say I'm probably at like a, I would probably say I'm at like a 65, 70%. Really? Um, That's interesting. Yeah, I don't. Well, let's say more like sixty-five. Yeah. What 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 would you say you were yeah. missing? Oh, I mean, everything is each one, all, all all five of them. You know, uh, prosperity. You know, I'm I'm not where I want to be as far as uh, financially. I'm not where I want to be. Right. And I'm also going to equate the spiritual. I'm also going to equate the spiritual part to prosperity as well, because it's not just about money. So. Um, 
spiritually I'm not where I want to be um the tank is not as full as it should be when I say that um as far as um working out yeah I, I, I like to work out um but I'm not at a place that I would like to be just yet you know in terms of my appearance and how I look so you know there's there's room for growth there and um yeah I, I think that I think that is always room for growth man so absolutely I am never going to say I you know, but remember like, I still got work daily. to do this is the daily thing so it's not like an overall like oh this is it so every day you would judge yourself and then take the average of the week so certain days I might not work out I might get zero out of 20. certain days I might cool. not I might not take in I might not sit in my purpose I might Netflix and chill it and right. watch series right. so I just want to I try to judge myself on how if I look back and say dang I didn't make this deadline or I didn't do that well this reads your procrastination right here this reads why mm. you didn't reach this mm. because on Thursday you were only operating at 65 percent right right and that's with, interesting yeah so, so if you needed to operate at 90 percent for 30 days straight to make something happen you know you can't just lock off a little bit. You you're you're leaving a record. You're journaling your successes. I like that. That's good. <laughs> I need to I, I need to I need to steal that. I'm gonna steal that. Yeah, so operate you know. 100%. No, please steal it. Send it around. I want everybody to start doing better detailed wise. All right, cool, cool, good deal, good deal. Thank you, sir. You are now part of the Silhouette Boys Club. It is people <laughs> like you who move in the shadows to help people like me shine. Now, before- so we, we, we huh? ain't got no merch, no merch, no shirts, no nothing? Yes, we got silhouette. We got you, we got you. All right. Before, <laughs> before you go, we would love to get a referral mm -hmm. of who you like to come on the show and answer these questions. Oh, that's easy. Uh, Walt Griffin. Oh, yes. Mr. Walter Griffin. Can Joe I, can I give, can I give two? Can I give two? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Walt Griffin and Derek Williams. There you go. Derek Williams and Walt Griffin, Joe Clark, Mr. Walt. Mm. <laughs> that's it. That's that's the two right there. That's my uh, five things off the wall, brethren. My uh, my podcast, brethren. You know. Right. So yeah, they need to. Uh, yeah, let's 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 get the whole five things off the wall crew on on the show. Look, while you at it right now, please give a shout out to your Instagram, Facebook, or whatever you got going on. All right, look, you can find me at I am underscore dev dev underscore h um on instagram and there you'll be able to go to my other links for the things that i'm doing whether that be five things off the water podcast i have real talk with dp and dev which talks about real estate entrepreneurship artistry and life um amalgam service group which is another business i own and then independent capital group which is my investment business mr harrison thank you for coming on the show we appreciate you my brother VX. Always love. <laughs> <laughs> I see. All right, man. <laughs>